welcome to Marvelous WandaVision, the series finale, episode 9, with Laura. Hello. Matthew. People ask me how I know so many words for blue after last week's recording, and it's years spent playing Magic the Gathering, and all the different words they use for different types of blue dragons. Perfect. Hmm. Have you been drinking? <laughs> Drink. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> And so we come to the series finale. And as you can tell, it's been a long week. It's been a long nine weeks. It has been a lot of wonder and vision. Mm-hmm. And now the series is over. Mm-hmm. Matthew, what did you think? Oh, it's going to get all serious, all quick. I want to be fun. And, and No, no. Uh, no. Um, we're going to you now. Matthew, yeah. what did you think? I, I'm <laughs> hoping this conversation will help me better separate out the show as it was presented and as it was and the qualities of said show from the disappointment, the annoyance, the distraction of the red herrings, the stuff that didn't deliver, the the, the fact that final episode I don't think is as strong as the other episodes and this show is possibly not a show that should be overanalyzed too much and doing podcasts on it is perhaps not a good idea but fine (laughs) (laughs) I don't want people to be like oh okay well we'll turn off now then you know but But you know what we spent eight weeks going actually this is great and I'm glad we're doing a podcast about it so I like that it's only this week the Matty's like maybe actually this wasn't the one but you know people have done podcasts much much less I feel I feel we went on a journey and we learned something we head to the quantum realm Back in time. (laughs) Your summative thoughts. Well, I have very much enjoyed our conversations, Matthew. Um, (laughs) Even if you haven't. Uh, And I've loved talking about the show. I'm quite upset it's over, to be honest, because it's also been a great way of counting down the weeks in a kind of, oh God, it's Monday, but that means no wonder vision in a few days. Um, I liked the finale. Yes, I have some points. Where um, I'm not so, well, I wouldn't say I'm not so happy, but I think there could be improvements. And I'm, to be honest, even with the red herrings that that didn't play out, I still don't think most of those are are done with. I still have my uh, my theories um, in the wider MCU. So I was a bit concerned at the beginning. I thought, oh my God, we're getting the big CGI, lots of colourful magic thrown at each other showdown. But... That kind of actually was over relatively quickly, and um, I really liked the way it went after that. Big emotional impact, so that I loved it at the end. A few watches after, and sort of being a bit more analytical, yeah, there are some bits where I think there are some some issues, but I think they stuck the landing, really. Interesting. So, I keep thinking, you know, what if we hadn't had a pandemic? And what if we had a Black Widow film? And what if... Doctor Strange had been made, and what if everything had run on the time scale that it might have supposed to have run? And what if there'd been a million other things to do apart from talk about WandaVision mm. and speculate? And what if the full focus of the entire internet <laughs> had not been turned on this little series? How would it have been different? Because I think that there's some really interesting lessons for Marvel here. I think that they've learned that the audience could take a lot more. Mm. But I don't think they knew that going in, and I don't know if that's always true, or if that's just these times. Um, I think that 
there are lots of things where probably halfway through, and I think when you look at some of the interviews and things coming out, you can see them starting to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's going to go down well. Oh, oh yep. no. And you can kind of feel that sort of slipping away. And I think that for me, the biggest disappointment is that it's not like eight out of nine episodes in a complete sitcom format, which I absolutely could have carried. I mean, it doesn't look like I'm the only person with that feeling, but also there's lots mm-hmm. of people who are quite glad that it broke into your MCU collective. Um, what I would say is it could have been six so strong half-hour episodes. It could have been this kind of very pure and sort of minimal story. You could have done without everything outside the hex, the the mystery box, the, you know, all, all of those external things. Laura's shaking her head. <laughs> um, I, I just, I could have done without all of the slushy grey MCU. I could have just seen that show and have it break at the end. And that would have been amazing. But also, it's kind of nice that I can have that show in my head if I want, because it's all there and I can imagine it, and fan fiction is real so, you know, I can't wait to see the fan fiction now that it's over and everyone can go and do the versions of things they like, you know MCU fan fiction not really previously been my thing but I am curious now and I'm excited <laughs> to go and see what we have because goodness knows the talent is there, so, you know, you can always get the show you want, even if you have to write it yourself but um, <laughs> but yeah loved things Lots of things I just thought were really odd. Didn't really add up. We will go through mm. some of those things, I'm sure. Okay. But yeah. I hope that Marvel learns from this. Mm-hmm. As you've said, that you know the audience can take more. But also, I think, I hope that they learn that it's really those quieter character moments that give it the strength. Because if we hadn't had the ending of that finale episode the way we did, I don't think I would have been looking so favourably on it. Excellent point. Absolutely. And... and Maybe also that that it could be enough mm. to to just have a two and a bit character show. Maybe you don't have to do all the work in all the things. Yeah, I I mean you know I love the mystery. That's why I was shaking my head as you were obviously wrong. Um, but you know I, we, we come it from mystery, different but... ends. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But we you know we you very much love the the. Um, sitcom side of things which i liked but i was still waiting for the bits to you know i was break it break it break it um and the gray mcu <laughs> as i am now being forced to call it um you know that is my jam so but I, I i do think i was so overwhelmed with sobbing at the end mm-hmm. um and i loved the way that they handled the end so much that I think I kind of forgot some of the other stuff that was going on. But even when I've gone back and then watched it and looked at it, and yet, you know, from previous conversations, how angry I was for years at Lost because they didn't tie up everything I wanted tied up. Here, there are a couple of things which I'm not happy with as far as red herrings. Um, The rest of them, I'm either perfectly happy that that was just we read too much into it, I'm not saying Marvel didn't put it there to be read into. Mm. Um, or <laughs> now my teeth making faces at me. <laughs> Stop it! I'm trying to concentrate. Um, <laughs> um, so, or I feel that no, I still I'm still hanging on by my fingernails that some of these things are now are setups, but they're set up for the wider MCU and not set up necessarily just for within one division. And good God, I hope this is the only series we get. 
because much as I've loved it, that tendency to, oh, something was popular, so let's do a second series, I just don't see... Yeah, I don't think they're looking at that in the traditional network fashion now. Mm-hmm. They, they, Marvel, Disney, the MCU is a network. Yeah, and they'll go, "Hey, Wonder was popular. Let's do more with Wonder." Mm-hmm. You know, if this show had been slated and everyone was like, "Oh, they're handling her grief really badly. It's really not come across. We don't like Elizabeth Olsen the way she's portrayed." Whatever the thing was, they would probably pull back on using her in future mm. or, or change it in in some way. If it's received really well, you know, if if white if white vision was not received well, this might be the last we ever see of him. Because mm. there are those things in some of the other shows. Nebula went down really, really well, so she got to come back and do a lot more in future Guardians films. Yeah. So you could see I was trying to come up with an example there of someone from a different <laughs> film. <laughs> I, yeah, I really liked it as big. You know, I was thinking about this is actually Scarlet Witch's origin story, isn't it? Because we've had Wanda's origin story before, mm-hmm. but this is, and I think as far as the Scarlet Witch, mm. I, th- I think it's probably one of the stronger origin stories. Now most of them don't get nine episodes, um, and some build up with films to do it. But yeah, I think I think Abby, you talked about you know you would love it if it was just the half hour, if it was a sitcom show every time, and it and I have to be only funny. It could have that. Well, there is something up. Well, the, the point I'm eventually going to come to, I'm going to you know waffle for a minute first. The point I'm eventually going to come to is it would be good if it was at least funny. However, um, the show within a show was great. Loved it each time and I would have wanted more of it. And I wonder if, Laura, certainly you and I are so into the MCU and watching the films and keeping up with it. And we've been starved of it for a year. That's why it was so good to have so much of it here. And I, I think, Abby, maybe you're right. Maybe if we had had the films and other series and so on, if we could have been like, don't need to see so much of Haywood and Sword and yeah. so on. Very likely. But, mm. Or if we'd had Falcon and the Winter Soldier first or what have you. But one of the things that disappoints me about this is that it would be good if it was funny a little bit. Having been so strong early on, you know, we really enjoyed the sitcom. I've got lines after lines of Paul Bettany doing silly things and just moments. That, you know, his thing about... Uh, are you distracted by the music? Oh, do you mean the nonsensical nature of the lyrics or the the <laughs> melody? Oh, the, the the melody. Oh no, that's fine. That's great. That's good humour. There was nothing. I, I I can think of a single very small moment that I didn't pick up on my first watch in this episode that was actually fun or funny in any way. Was that Catherine Hahn? Uh, no, that was Jimmy Woo getting out of the handcuffs <gasps> and going. Oh, I flourish. Loved, loved that bit. I loved oh, every time I saw it. <laughs> I just I wanted so much more for him. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the thing with the the sub minor characters; they are not mm. treated well by this finale. Yeah, I, I take it Kat Dennings was filming something else. Well, she's just got a new show on Disney Plus, so yeah, presumably. But you know, it's like um, I I would have quite liked a little bit why, more for them. Why I would have. Was she Monica. there? Yeah. Why? Why? I wish Monica had been much more involved and I yeah. absolutely loved her moment with Wanda and I loved the kind of line that she seemed to take mm. on Wanda. I just I thought they were so interesting when they shared screen space and I wish that you know, you'd had more of Monica almost trying to work it out together with Wanda and Wanda mm-hmm. being a bit like, hmm you know, there are so many ways I can imagine things i would have liked to see more i think particularly when you think of the conversation they had in seven i think episode seven where um she first gets her powers and what have you and confronts Mm -hmm. wonder Mm -hmm. 
and all that, like really mm. starting. I thought that was the conversation we were always going to have much later. Um, and so I think there could have been more there. Yeah, she felt quite sidelined. I did like her little scene with the kids. Uh, but considering it's her origin as well, you know, yeah. mm. I just I, I wanted much more, and I wanted much more meaning. And it's nice that she was going to save the kids, and that they could save themselves. As it's all fine, you know. Yeah, yeah they, they've just shown us these kids can deal with themselves. They didn't need her. I I was fully expecting, and again, this is part of the thing is I, what I was expecting did not necessarily deliver. But that her gaining powers would be a thing to help Wanda beat Agatha. Just yeah. something there just tipped her. Oh, there's a new source of power and she will give her her power. Or she can see the power moving and do a thing to stop it. It would just Even integrate just her to the story. Processor. Absolutely. It, 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 as a parallel, as a, yeah, we've all just got these powers. Hey, mm. lots to work with. You know, yeah. and, and I felt that was implicit at the end. But honestly, in, in more, almost with the actors bringing it. Yeah, but does I mean the thing is this was what forty once you take out the credits mm-hmm. and the bit the beginning of like was forty minutes. Yeah, maybe. And mm-hmm. I think it needs to be there was a lot to pack in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's what I'm kind. I suppose I'm kind of excusing the fact that we didn't get as much as I wanted with uh, with Monica mm-hmm. and Darcy. We've got more Jimmy than we have in some other episodes. So. True, and and that's the other episodes at fault. And I would yeah. say, but. Mm. But also, I think there was filler in this that we didn't need. Can we just just take a moment to say that the stunt casting can get in the bin? Uh, yeah, so that's one of my two that I am not happy about. What? But Don't do the joke. Matthew. Expl- explain it to us. Explain why it's funny, Matthew. Tell us, Matthew. He says the word boner. It's it's hilarious, and then he says she she says it, and then he says boner. Guys, it's so funny! It's so funny. I want James McAvoy doing it in the next series. (laughs) That is funny. Uh, Oh, it was. I'm I am cross about that. I'm I'm cross about that. But also, I do think that that's the kind of thing where they might have been like, oh, this will be fun. Like, this will be fun. Well, mm. There's no way that six million Marvel fans are going to turn around and go, the meaningful moment I've been waiting for all my life has arrived in WandaVision. (laughs) And and exactly again, hopefully they learn from it and hopefully they go, oh, perhaps we should not (laughs) maybe. Not promise without delivering. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think it's more, it's a miss. It's a misstep. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bone, I think I could have completely done without. But, you know, even if he was called Ralph Smith. Well, it's because he's called Ralph. It's delivering on all the Ralph stuff. Like, it is. It's Ralph. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I like I, that. I, say, I didn't get that. Did, did anyone else guess that he was going to be Ralph? No. I didn't <laughs> guess it. No, not and not be something about. else. You know? No, yes, it could be Ralph and about. Mephisto or something. No, no, not at all. And so that and that was that bit was fine. Mm. Um, but And the thing is, if it weren't for the circumstance, the, the meta circumstances, um, you know, the, this idea, I like it from the sitcom angle, the idea that it's, you know, stunt casting, sitcoms do stunt casting, or that um, if you don't look at it stunt casting, you look at it as just complete random recast at the beginning of a new season or something, and everyone just goes along as if it's the same person. Mm-hmm. I can see them getting it from that angle, but then with everything that's been going on because of the merger and this waiting for... Um, when is when are the Fox characters? When are the X Men going to appear? Yeah, 
that I think it was a little short-sighted. But I mm-hmm. mean, like we said, also in the circumstances you talked about, Abby, that everybody's watching it because mm. there's nothing else to do. Mm. And it's but good. It was annoying. But what, what's, was... what's your other bit to call out then, Laura? Dotty. Dotty, because mm-hmm. all of the other things, so, you know, aerospace engineer, I think that's going to be in Captain uh, in Captain Marvel 2. I, I will say on the aerospace engineer, I didn't pick up on it until everyone else seemed to pick up on it. Yeah, I just I thought she was saying was a, a thing. thing. And then no, suddenly everyone was like, it's a thing. So No, the first time I was like, mm. oh, that seems, ve- it, it did seem very clunk. Okay. Um, but I think that's a clunk. But it's it's future MCU. Okay. Similarly, okay. I'm still not ruling out Mephisto, but future MCU, um, etc. But so Dottie was the one that annoyed me because, and the only reason it annoyed me is because of that scene with her where she breaks from her mind control mm-hmm. and she asks Wanda, you know, she says, you know, I don't trust you and asks, who are you? And... How is that possible then? If she was just Sarah, who was under mind control the same as everybody else, I just think it's the one thing that I can't argue. Well, that's going to be that's going to be played out in the future, or well, actually, it still works. It, you know, yes, I can say it was a red herring, and mm-hmm. yeah, perhaps they did plant it to get people thinking. But you know, like all of the the devil drops and that, I can argue. Well, either Mephisto in the future, or it was you know it was just us reading way into it. But Dotty, I, I don't. It doesn't track for me. The the, the Miss Fisto references, I don't mind because like that is kind of fun. Sort of you know, mm. vague throwaway, possibly hinting at another thing that's not going to deliver. But that fuels the speculation. Is okay. Mm. The Emma Caulfield thing. Have you heard the interview with her now? The Vanity Fair one. Mm. Yeah. Where where she actually talks about it and says, "Oh yes, I was put there as a red herring to yeah. to do th- like." And she was hoping that her house won't get egged. It, it, again, it's a big misstep. It just has not worked. And it's it's annoying. I, because without some of that, we could have focused on, this is doing some really interesting stuff about grief. No, I'm, I'm not worried. Like like I said, I'm not... I, I felt I was able to focus on that as well. And we it's okay. not like we've not talked about that. Um, and obviously we'll talk about more, I'm sure. But um, if it had just been Emma Caulfield turn up and had played that scene and it just didn't have that bit where she... Mm-hmm. broke from mm. her programming her mind control yeah then that's the kind of to me that's good stunt casting and yes i'm paying attention to her because she's emma caulfield yeah but when i go back and watch it the whole thing tracks all the way through mm-hmm. and that's me reading stuff into that mm. whereas the her breaking from the mind control i mean whatever it was she was doing there that i don't understand how it just doesn't play by the rules i think that's true it doesn't play by the rules and i also think Again, I think they thought they were going to need to do some work. When you look at kind of the the prep for this, and you sort of saw the Marvel hype machine trucking along, and, Mm -hmm. you know, before episode four, they had a trailer drop, and they had all these things ready to go. And I really think you see them going, no, no, we don't need any more. No, that's enough. No, calm down, guys. Just a little show. (laughs) Um, And I think that, that you can see these red herring drops, which are designed to create interest at the point where people might have gone, nah, it's not for me. They might have been like, oh, do you see Emma Caulfield though? Like, she's going to be the big bad and, you know, like, yeah. yeah. I, I think they they were trying to, to drip feed in case it didn't take off. And and I, like I said, when when they work, I love the whole red herring because I don't want to guess it all the way. Yeah, if it is mm-hmm. a mystery box, mm-hmm. I don't want to guess it on the second episode because, you know, I loved when they brought, um, sorry, dribbling everywhere. <clears throat> 
I'm very excited. I loved when. <laughs> Who did they bring? <laughs> I loved when they brought in White Vision because I had no idea that was coming. Yeah, yeah. And so I was completely, you know, I love a twist when I don't know the twist or I don't know hmm. what it's going to be or what have you. And um, and that just completely blew my mind. And so. I don't mind being wrong. I just don't like it when you're led down a path. Then when yeah. you go back and you follow the path back, you're like, no, this actually should have made it to the centre of the maze mm. based on the breadcrumbs. You, That's a lot of different metaphors there. But <laughs> you know what I mean. And, and I think that's some of my previous expectations with it. I, I mean, coming, coming up to Endgame, we talked about Endgame a lot, and I talked to a lot of people about Endgame a lot. And I thought about Endgame a lot, and and you know thought about what could happen and how it could be done and what it all means and the Soul Stone and oh, all these different things. And they still did stuff I didn't expect and couldn't mm. see coming, and stuff that I was like, "That's so clever. That's so good. That you know they're making me care about Thor too. How have they managed <laughs> this feat of miracle story writing?" Um, and I, I, I'm worried that I'm now set up to expect that from a Marvel story piece and that this show was never going to deliver a, a, an astounding thing at the end that completely caught us all by surprise. That was even more than we expected. No, oh, I think I got a couple of astounding surprises for hmm. me. I think White, White Vision's the one that stands out. That I can go, oh yes, no, they did do something, but even what, so. What were yours, Abby? Abby? Philosophy graduate mean... That was, I mean, that's, that's a special gift for those of us who are proud philosophy graduates. Uh, that, was, that was a precious day for me. I, I stood up, I yelled, I'm ready for this fight. <laughs> I am perfectly equipped to defeat you in one and a half thousand words. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, this is fine. I have written that essay. It's all good. Totally confident here. No need to worry. Just sit back and enjoy vision. Logically deal with himself. Loved it. Um, that that's so <laughs> yeah. Do we do we want to talk, Shipothesius? <laughs> I want to talk about him logically dealing with himself. <laughs> Can I just? <laughs> it, it's going to get better because I just I need, I need to add this small anecdote for context in case, as my cool. wife pointed out, she said you need to warn people in case you refer to Paul Bettany as White Daddy and Purple Daddy during this. <laughs> <laughs> You need to mention the context, and I would like Please to point out that many years ago, if you if you don't remember, um, Paul Bettany was on Graham Norton uh, promoting probably something, and um, you know had been filming in purple as one does, and um, came back off set to say goodnight to his child and so on, having taken all the makeup off, and the child would not say goodnight to him and was crying. I want purple daddy, and. <laughs> Ever since, that's kind of what we referred to Vision as, and it was fine until there was another one, and then we were trying to discuss it, and she was like, you can't refer to them in this way on the podcast, <laughs> without at least explaining the context. Uh, oh, that's yeah. it, I'm, I'm, yeah, Purple Daddy, White Daddy, that's where I'm Yeah, so that's, that's that. But yeah, Ship of Theseus, how happy were you to see Trigger's Brim trending on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> You know, we said early on, you know, we scoffed that they're not going to get only fours and horses in there, are they? And they did. That's, I, I, honestly, what a treat. For our international listeners, I will be putting a link to the uh, the video clip of Trigger's Broom, so you know what the hell Which we're talking up, about. like half a million views in <laughs> Yeah, <now>. yeah. <laughs> it's a very That's deep explanation of it. Uh, it it, it is, really it is. is. The, the thing it brought to mind for me is Pratchett does it in The Fifth Elephant? about the scone of stone that the low king of the dwarf sits on 
where the replica's stolen, then the real one's stolen, and then it turns out they're all replicas in a ship of Thessia <laughs> sort of way. But he uses, he, I think he even uses the axe as the explanation for it. It's great. That's marvellous. So, yeah, love it. And, you know, the thing is that you know Paul Bentley knows Trigger's broom because, of course he does. Um, so I, I would like to imagine that, you know, in some way this is a tiny homage <laughs> to a pre-existing TV show, <laughs> of which we got another tiny homage, my tiny, tiny prisoner shout-out. Tiny, tiny. I was so happy. There was so much shouting. We were so overjoyed. You're going to have to explain this to a number of ways on the basis I've not seen Frozen. <laughs> when Wanda um, says to Agnes, you're going to stay here and I'll know where to find you if I need you. And she basically confines her in the village um, where she can keep an eye on her. Um, and then she says, I'll be seeing you. And be seeing you be is seeing you. the traditional way in which people say their goodbyes in the village. Be seeing you. It's what they say. It's what they do. She could have put the gesture in, and that probably wouldn't have played well in an international audience these days. <laughs> but <laughs> um, she said the words, and those are the words, and the way she said the words, and the context in which she said the words. You know, that joke goes as far as it's in The Simpsons, so I'm guessing it's pretty regular <laughs> pop culture knowledge in, in some sense. But um, but yeah, I love that they're just chucking tiny television bits mm. in. You know, because why not? And I think that that lightness of touch actually is a lot more prevalent in WandaVision than a deep critical analysis <laughs> would have you think. So to, so to have those moments in the finale sort of made me feel a bit more comfortable. Like, actually, this is what we have been watching all along. Mm. Um, and, and I wouldn't have expected it to be what we were watching all along, in a way. I, d I didn't think that Marvel would make something with its centre. And, and we were talking about things that really surprised me. I didn't think they'd let this wander be. I didn't think they'd let her leave like this. Mm. I didn't think she would have no arc. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, mm. well, you could probably argue mm. the extent to which she has an arc, but it, but it's almost more like she has things removed. Well, isn't it that it's her working through her grief? The stage is grief, hmm. and it's not, and not that she now is over it, and that's that. But she does seem to be in a somewhat uh, more stable place than she was. You really? might say she's she moved into see. some level of acceptance. Do you think so? I mm. think so. Wow. Not so much about the kids. I think the kids, that's different. But I think so with... In terms of vision... Vision. got, you know... I, I really was, again, shocked and delighted that they found a way to land this painful parting so meaningfully mm. but without breaking my heart i got to keep my heart intact and mm. excited for i know the possible future i Magic. yeah i love the way that they've left the door open um but it was also quite a definite ending for this vision mm -hmm. mm. and i think i love the way that they set that up with the whole ship of theseus conversation and that that he he's a conditional vision which i love <laughs> Um, and he's different to the vision that was around before, and then the, mm -hmm. the white vision. White Daddy's a different version, um, in a way. Um, I love that he was, in a way, Purple Daddy was never the real vision anyway. He was just vision up to a point. He was this vision. Yeah. But he didn't contain mm. Wanda's vision in its entirety. He was the parts that she had going spare. Mm. And, and I really thought that was that was so clever, because you could see and feel the loss and the sadness and but but the sadness is more yeah this just isn't going to work out mm. um you know i guess i'll have to find another way to be happy to live a happy life but i don't 
at all trust her not to go and <laughs> make oh, no, an I don't enormous trust her mess of everything for everyone else. So... No, no, no. I think that's the plan. But at the moment, <laughs> at the moment, she's sort of not holding anyone hostage and meat puppeting them. Um, I mean, she's she's reading the Darkhold, so hmm. bum, bum, bum. <laughs> everyone who reads the Darkhold is corrupted. So that's not going to go well. On on that point of her ending, so we had uh, messages previously from R.A. Malosh on Twitter about the blueness of the mm-hmm. hex and how we thought it was going to be a thing. Um, and she followed up with a few more comments. I loved the finale. We didn't get answers about the blue magic and I would have loved more Darcy, but I'm glad to... to uh, I'm glad we got to see her. I love how morally grey Wanda is and I'm also super curious why Vision didn't tell her what he'd done. Which... Yeah, we're going to come back to that one. Um, so many things settled, but so many still unanswered. Did Agatha remain trapped in the hex when it closed? Are the runes gone? Where did White Vision go? Who was the person Jimmy Woo was looking for in the first place? Was it Ralph? And he is actually an X-Men in hiding. Was that just fan service casting? I also have feels about the lack of consequence, or even lack of apology from her to the townspeople. She seems horrified when she realises what she's done, but then there's no real reckoning with it. I hope we get there in Doctor Strange. And, and that, for me, is the thing. Her just walking through, kind of a little shamefaced, and then transforming into a glorious outfit and shooting off into space. It's like, hey, hey, you've just taken away, like, two weeks of our lives in, in agony. Like, say sorry, love. It almost felt like she didn't think that sorry... I, I, I think she was sorry, and mm-hmm. she said it to one... Uh, to she says it to Monica, yeah. Monica. But I, I kind of got the impression she was just kind of like, there aren't words. I mean, but you have to start with words, surely. But but do you, though? Because I think, first of all, what I thought was really interesting was what the townspeople said to her. And when you think about the process of grief and feelings which are too big, that they become inconvenient for people around you, you're poisoning us all with your grief. I mean, mm. that's, you know, in a metaphorical sense... Um, mm. And a literal sense. All they said to Wanda was, you know, you you knew that we weren't fine. And in a way, it's just playing that part of when somebody leans on a friend too much and they say, you have to stop, this is too much. Mm. But the person doesn't have anything else. They don't have any apologies. The grief is too big. The grief is the thing. And it is inconvenient and it is painful for other people. And I thought that the way that the townspeople were all like, you're too sad. You know, this this is too much. Um, rather than, like, like when Dottie explained about her daughter, and that was so sinister and interesting, and I think would have landed better if, as Laura said, she hadn't broken in a different mm-hmm. space earlier. Mm. You know, if, if she had had any mention of that previously, it was it was beautifully done and everything. But the way most of the townspeople behaved was just like, you're too sad. In, instead of um, framing it, in a way where Wanda would have thought anything except defensively. I, I would love it if I could believe that was the thing, but she's literally drowning them. She's taking their lives and their uniqueness and individualness away but because of her sadness. To. She thinks it's well, fine. It's fine, she doesn't mean to, but she's she's actually literally doing that thing. Well, she undoes it and lets them go at the cost of the life that she was trying to build. So I think actions in Wanda's mind speak louder than words. <laughs> yeah, mm. I don't think it would have hurt if she had said, when she said sorry to Wanda, if she'd just turned to everyone and said sorry and then flown off. 
I don't think she's sorry. Yeah. And I don't think that there's room for sorry in, in her grief. And I think that that is the discomfort that they're letting us sit in. I think it's intentional and I think it's part mm. of her character. And I think that if we end up with Wanda being the big bad for Doctor Strange 2 or other things, mm. um, I mean, it, it does mean that you're, you're in danger of White Daddy being the yellow crayon of things. Um, you know, and, and that does bring us... <laughs> It really worries me that I get that wrong. <laughs> that sentence. I'm just giving you things to tag the podcast with. Um, but, Can we uh, say white daddy yellow crayon five times fast in a row? No. <laughs> I'll be laughing. Five by five. <laughs> but, the, but this is the thing. Like, that, that goes back to, to our listener's point about why didn't Vision tell Wanda what he'd done? And mm. surely that has to be why. Surely that's why. He White Vision he freed White Vision from his own oh, okay, that imprisonment. Bit, yeah, okay. And White yes. Vision remembering that Vision can phase through matter, White Vision flies off, smashing through a big window. Yeah. Well, he's just a drama <laughs> queen. Just like, dude, dude. Big exit. Come Damage. on. <laughs> Flourish. <laughs> It's a good point. It's a good yeah, point. Yeah, um, I thought what was interesting with that as well, when he tapped to the very stark looking symbol on his head, mm-hmm, the stark tech in there somewhere, mm. when Purple Daddy freed <laughs> my daddy's memories. <laughs> Purple Daddy freed up White Daddy's memories. Um, they did not include anything within the hacks. They stopped at the um, Mind Stone being mm-hmm. exploded. Mm. So even if we see him again, he's not going to be no. a new version of Purple Day. Yes. I So, uh, possibly wrapping up the whole Ship of Theseus thing, I, one of the things I like about the MCU is probably half the time at best, but that they don't fall into the superhero thing of it's won by having the kickiest kick or the strongest mm. laser beam, or the biggest will. Yes. And and I liked that when they got to that. I mean, it's reminiscent of sort of Kirk, you know, out-logicking the computer sort of mm. thing. You know, hey, divide by zero. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did, I, I did like it. I'm like, this is a nice way of wrapping this up. And actually, because, and that's what Vision is. He's massively overpowered. So why make him fight something? Mm. Make him logic something. That, that was very nice. Lovely. It's lovely. Um, you would, you know, we talked about the filler, and the filler is possibly all the CG fighting stuff, because there was a slight aspect of kickiest kick with Wanda and Agatha. Let's talk about Agatha. I think you needed a bit mm. of it because then the, I really, I did really like the way that um, Wanda defeated her in the end. That it wasn't because she was more powerful; it was using her own knowledge against her. And her own condescension against her with um, putting the runes up. And I didn't see that coming, even despite them putting on mm. the previously on. Yeah, that that was the bit that I wish wasn't there. Yeah. Um, mm. Afterwards, I thought about that. But now I didn't see that coming. Mm. I thought she was just sort of throwing her energy around. Um, so I think I'd similarly like that. So in order for that to work, you need a bit of throwing the magic around. But yeah, I could have done with, I don't know, a few minutes less of it. You know, mm-hmm. the, the two... Um, visions getting to the ship of theseus a little bit quicker and the um the same with the witches Mm. i don't get the agatha stuff in this finale episode okay okay (laughs) um 
I mean, I think if you reduce her down to she just really wants that power and thinks that Wanda deserves it and uh, that Agatha thinks that she deserves it and Wanda doesn't. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. as you get to this kind of unlocking the Scarlet Witch stuff and she, oh, you don't know what you've done. No, you bloody did it. Like, it's it's not something that, that Wanda did. It's something that Agatha provoked and sort of brought into being. And if the Scarlet Witch business is so bad, then either you have somebody building themselves up to kind of take down the Scarlet Witch before she even realises that's her own name, or you have someone who's kind of playing all the sides and and I don't feel they made a strong enough call on on who Agatha the witch is and what she's doing I I liked that it it was just in inverted commas her that it was Agatha mm. all along but I just felt like this finale did not give me a why I think I think she just ended up being a, a simpler character than we thought she was going to be I thought she was going to be more gray um, even if it was only for her own her mm-hmm. own well being, as I said, I thought potentially there might be a turn, and she ended up fighting against White Vision with them because otherwise, you know, she would be destroyed or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I think she's always on her own side, uh, and I think this it just was simpler that it was she just wanted the power, um, and I think maybe we built her up to be more than that. But I feel like there are plenty of times where she could have just got the power. And, you know, why go through all this business of, of pushing Wanda to see her grief? I guess if you say she wanted to understand what the power was, she suspected that Wanda was the Scarlet Witch. Did she suspect it before last week's episode? Well, no, it, I get the impression she didn't until um, they started going down the trauma train. <laughs> it, it just. Because it, then when she starts to say, I've got a theory. Mm. Which every time I hear that, it I must think, be demons. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> a dungeon demon. No, something isn't right there. <laughs> but yeah, no, I because yeah, there's that whole thing. She's saying you're meant to be a myth. So no, I don't think that. I think she just thought this was this really powerful witch who was, um, yeah, done all this amazing magic. And I think at that stage, there's a yes, Agatha wanted it, but also you've got to be a bit careful if you've got a really powerful witch. And there's this, there's the sounding out as to is this someone I can take on to try and take that power. I just it, it didn't seem like she wanted to actually kill Wanda, no, because I guess maybe you know that would the take away the power and things. It just you know when she took her to the townspeople and and is sort of trying to go through some kind of she's always sort of trying to push Wanda into some sort of space where she will do what Agatha wants her to do. And I think that given mm. we've seen a whole series of Wanda getting people to do what she wants them to do, which is namely exist out of her way, mm. it's it's quite interesting that that's the route Agatha takes. Is kind of, well, how about if we do this and then you'll do that? And, and chess just doesn't work with Wanda. Mm. The whole thing with her saying to to Wanda, oh, you know, what have you done? You've unleashed the Scarlet Witch and, and all of this. It, that it, it feels like a very villain piece. Because you didn't give me your power, you've now doomed us all to this thing. I, I think it goes back to that, that they're making her a pure villain. And, and for me, that's the biggest disappointment in this whole thing. Catherine Hahn was wonderful. Mm. Ag- Agatha was a really interesting character. And they sort of not done anything with it in the end. 
she just became a laughing, powerful witch who then got defeated by trickery mm. and is now locked away. Maybe they're going to go back to her, but I feel like I feel like it might be diminishing returns. I don't know. As I said, mm. I think um, I think things may be slightly different now that Wanda is the Scarlet Witch, and you know mm-hmm. Agatha knows this isn't one I can mess with. Um, and so then if it's more in Agnes, once she's unlocked from Agnes, assuming she is, um, yeah. you know, if it's more, well, it suit it fits me and it suits me to actually work with Wanda. Mm-hmm. Or work with the Sorcerer Supreme if he unlocks her. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. like the idea that she's on ice and also I think it's a great punishment for Agatha okay. for her, you know, for her mm. to be locked having been so powerful to be mm. locked in this sort of very pedestrian life. I did I did like the idea that you're going to need me. You can't deal mm. with this, you're going to need me. She said, Well, I know where you are. I liked that and I thought that that was a great resolution to to all of that. I just didn't really like how we got there. And I think that I would have liked to see Agatha try more <laughs> more things that were were about her and about what she wanted than about Wanda. Mm-hmm. I, I would like her to have been less of a device and more of a character mm. in in the latter episodes, mm. I think. I love that even when she became the um, the floaty purple and black witch with the really creepy black fingers. Oh. Idina Menzel version. Yes. The um, she still kept some of her snark. There wasn't mm. as much of it, but it still it still mm. was Agatha. It wasn't it wasn't like she completely flipped, and you didn't see the DNA from from Agnes and what have you. Mm. And the rabbit was nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the rabbit, rabbit was, was a rabbit. Nothing. Unless we go back and it's just Agatha and millions of rabbits, <laughs> just Agatha surrounded by a phalanx of rabbits. <laughs> but again, that doesn't bother me particularly because you can go back and watch it, and yeah, it's fine. But it's it's because we were looking for things, and you know, yes, mm. they, I'm sure they called him Senior Scratchy because that's a, you know, Mister Scratch of the Devil and all that kind of stuff. But I think it still works. Okay, she likes a rabbit a lot. That cage is too small. <laughs> that cage is too small. Mm. But she's a bad guy, okay. so mm. maybe that was the clue we should have paid attention to. Was you know mm. poor animal keeping conditions. Mm. It's um, yeah, I, I think I. Just when she kind of went back into Agnes and just gave that wonderful sort of surface portrayal with all of the mm. trauma in the eyes and the fear mm. and the, ah, oh, just brilliant acting, my favourite kind of acting. Um, mm. And, yeah, I just felt slightly, well, think about what we could have won. And, again, I feel like that is the danger <laughs> with this show is it kept showing what you could, glimpses of what you could have had. Mm-hmm. But I think it's as you said that I think there's potentially a feeling that there's only so much they can put in there. And particularly as they, they wanted, uh, with WandaVision, they wanted to try and attract new fans by doing something different. It being the start of, well, now the start of Phase 4, mm-hmm. etc. Um, and again, maybe they will, you know, in the future they'll see that they can pile on something a little more complicated. But I do also want to appreciate that it is smaller, thinner, leaner um, on the inside. I, I do want to appreciate that it is it is about Wanda and her grief, and somehow they made a programme mm-hmm. about grief without making it impossible to watch. 
Yeah. Which was mm. always the thing that concerned me when they said that's what, what it was going to be about, because I've got a fairly low tolerance for things that are terribly, terribly sad, especially this year. Um, so to, to have it be what it is and not something that really goes for broke and, and wants to make you cry. You know, the things that made me cry made me cry because they were lovely and they were connected mm. and they were real, emotional, deeply meaningful conversations. My goodness, I mean, mm. characters really talk to each other in this. Which, you know, rather than snarky snark. So, that was nice. There were lots of really nice things in that respect. Can we talk about the goodbye in that case? Yes. I loved it. Me too. I absolutely, I loved everything about the way they did it. The The sort of, the feeling of the hex sort of coming to get them. As it, but almost if it was, it was a, an independent thing, not just something that Wanda had set off. I don't know. Mm. Um, and then you know, tucking the boys up in bed and everything, and all of that conversation. That's when I was just in waterworks. Um, and then those last few lines. I just, as you say, Abby. It, it gave us. It gave closure to this current series and the vision in this. I can't call him Purple Daddy when we're talking about this, but it's too emotional. Um, and yet, there is hope. Um, and even the music as well, mm. as, as when they went into the, what is it? We've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason. We'll say hello again. Ooh. And the music at that stage as well, it just gives you that little bit of, no, this is going to work out at some stage. I'm not quite sure how, and it might be in 15 years or something, knowing the MCU. Um, but... Yeah, who knows what I might be next? He's right. I mean, of all the characters, he's been through so many different iterations already. He's going to be a toaster next, isn't he? <laughs> it's going to be like Red Dwarf. <laughs> Howdy, doodly do. Oh, God. But yeah, it, it was beautifully done. And I mean, Paul Bettany really has had the best lines in mm. this show. And, and that. You know, stand stories and we'll say hello again. Ah, oh, I barely heard it the first time. I was just crying. Um, <laughs> and so quiet and so just, just there. No tricks. No nothing. Just two people having not, a not trying to outrun it. Yeah. No, no mm. dramatic kisses. And I think another thing that I like about Wonder and Vision, and I, I don't necessarily mean to be that person, but like there is an age gap. Um, and you know, yes, he's a. Thing so that he is, is much older than him. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, but you know what I mean. It's Fair. the kind of thing where the relationship that they have feels appropriate for the casting that they have, the dynamic that they have. It's not one of those things where it's like, and we must have the massive kiss and the dramatic things because that's what you do in a love story. It's not like that, and it it shows you this kind of really romantic, meaningful stuff that is is no less that. And it, it mm -hmm. doesn't play by the convention, I think. And it, it is a small thing, but I think it's really appropriate for those characters. And I think it, it, it was really beautiful to see. And I think that that dynamic has is been held up the whole time. And I was worried that it was going to end in kind of sobbing floods of tears from them rather than me. Um, and it didn't. And that was nice. Yeah, I think the, the little kiss on the palm... That versus the big old, big old snog that you'd expect at the end of one of yeah. these things. Mm. Just, um, yeah. And it's back to that when you use exactly the right, the right word, what we've been using throughout this, the romance of it. 
Mm. Quiet romance. It's a thing I, I don't like in TV and films where, and, and this is partially sort of growing up watching Star Trek, where like Leonard Nimoy's agent and William Shatner's agents would count the number of lines in the script and compare and they'd have to have even and all this sort of thing. So you'd have people finishing each other's sentences as a, everyone has to have a line, so we're just going to spit this up and give it to him <laughs> and this sort of thing. It took me a while to really grok onto it in this, but they do have that they finish each of the sentences, and and certainly throughout the second half of this, it happens a lot. And and once you once you know once I'd honed into it, it is actually quite lovely mm. that they are so in tune. Partially because he's part of her in some ways, yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like the fact that it's not a big physical sexy sexy thing means we don't worry about the age gap between the actors and the difference. It's just two people who are together and it's lovely yeah hmm. well, I think there's you know there's room for all sorts of things and I think that Marvel hasn't necessarily given us all sorts of romances yet but maybe one day um, and, and this <laughs> is a step on the way to you know hmm. some, something that felt new in itself yeah very definitely I, I, I love it as a comparison to Infinity War Wonder and Vision is one of my least favourite bits of one division, not one division. Infinity War, because she calls him Viz partially, but <laughs> because I didn't really buy the relationship totally. It sort of seemed to we're being told about how much they care and not really showing it, and then it gets to a point where you're like, she should just kill him at this stage. <laughs> you know, all all logic needs to come in at some point now. We need to do something. So I didn't quite buy the heartache of it and the the why we're trying to work so hard and having all these armies fighting just to try to save this one infinity stone. But in this, that that emotion was there and I bought it so much more. I think it'll be interesting going back and watching Infinity War now. Mm. And and even I'm not going to, but even Civil War, because that's the thing that's got most of their scenes together. Is it? Yeah, they have a scene. Paprikash. Maybe two or three in Infinity War, but. Oh. Civil War has two or three of them on the compound together. Civil War's like three and a half hours long, though. Okay, but you could just fast forward to that bit. I can't. I'm, I'm going to YouTube that. just that bit, frankly. I'm not great at that either. <laughs> like, I do feel like I should watch these things, and I think this is the thing as well. Like, I almost feel like I, I owe it to Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I owe it to the to the massive corporation that owns everyone's souls, brains, and all. Marvel is at home sobbing because Abby is not rewatching the MCU. Why doesn't she love me? I think the thing is, I want to be able to be confident when I say that Civil War sucks, and and I am because last time I watched it, I'd already seen it and it did suck. But like, what if I'm wrong? I, I always kind of find myself thinking, well, I might be wrong. You know seeing the way people talked about Age of Ultron last week, and I just think, I don't know, is this like a troll farm? Is this real? Oh no, you're a person I know and like. Oh no. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a very strange thing with these films, and I so often with Marvel feel like I'm completely missing what is good. And the fact that I could so clearly see what was good in this show <laughs> just nice. confuses good. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. me in a you nice want, way. You want to hear from people who love the thing, so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> do do is that the the last bit of the conversation? What did we like, particularly about this episode? But but you know the thing. I loved the Scarlet Witch, mm. and particularly the whole. You, I don't need you to tell me who I am, mm. and her embracing 
yeah, she said she doesn't understand the power, but she's embraced the power. And that outfit is amazing. Yes. Yeah. The magnetic yeah. clothes. I hope it brings back, I'm not sure we ever had them, but I hope it brings in waist capes. Because she has trousers, she has trousers, and then she has like a cape, but it only comes from the waist. Sort of like an Empire Line. Not Empire Line. It's like a reverse apron. Yeah, like a reverse apron. (laughs) And it looked amazing. And then then later on, she has like I think more of a like there's a hood as she flies up. She's got Mm. a hood, and it's more like a a cape cloak thing over the top of it. But while she's doing all her fighting and that, she's Mm. got um. She's got this really cool waist cape thing, which I really like the look of. And also fingerless opera gloves. I could really go for those. Yes. I um, There is a company I like that often makes kind of Marvel licensed clothes and things. And if they make this outfit, mm. I will buy it and I will wear yeah, it I just, just daily. <laughs> just around the house. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, where else am I going to wear and it? I think... <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but yeah, Big you know. hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> And also, what I loved is Lizzie Olsen has spoken previously about the fact that she was very aware that a lot of the time she felt she was the only one with cleavage in her costumes, because her Ultron costume is very cleavagey. Mm-hmm. Her, pri- her prior Scarlet Witch costume was very cleavagey. Um, and look, she looks fantastic in it, but it's something she had said she was a bit uncomfortable with. And yeah, Scarlet. Um, Scarlett Johansson, um, Black Widow. That's been being zipped up as time has gone over, gone through. <laughs> thankfully, um, and I just having seen some of the images from the comics, this could have gone very badly wrong yeah. <laughs> as far as <laughs> what her like, costume oh, looks well. like. <laughs> mm. There's some choices, um, and I love it's sexy as hell. But it, you know, you very don't feel that she's going to fall out the top of it while no. she's. Yeah, flying about. It, it is a cosplayer's dream, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Oh, completely. And I feel yeah. like there's been a lot of that. Like Monica's outfit. I mean, you are just comfortable mm-hmm. all day in that. <laughs> you, you, you can sleep yeah. in that. That is pajamas. That is exercise wear. That is everything. But you can see people doing a you know photorealistic, really nicely done. You can see people doing a sort of H and M style ensemble. Yeah. That yeah. brings to mind it. Great, love it. I assume Hot Topic's going to have something impressive looking. This is the thing. Like, there's there's so many great outfits and looks and takeaways and, and you know talking with my wife about this there's been a lot of costumes in this series mm-hmm. you know and i think that that's a really interesting thing in itself when you when you look at the idea of wanda trying on different outfits and the final outfit is the scarlet witch i think yeah. that's you know it, it covers all the metaphors from you know superheroes and television and everything oh. <laughs> I, w- I want people cosplaying a 70s moniker in the fish trousers. <laughs> fish trousers? Yes, oh. that's the one to do, isn't it? It is the one to do. Um, you know, so recognisable. Primark's got to knock out those trousers. It's, it's got to happen. You know, and if they're bulletproof, so much the better. Um, <laughs> you know, Rob's not from Primark, yeah. We'll be not trying to be trusting them the if they're from Primark and they say they're bulletproof. Um it's funny the if you go back and look at the posters they actually they do show in the tv screen her um, final costume mm. in a couple of those tv screens oh the other thing i loved was i really like the music so um mm. i'm not really to be honest i'm not paid other than the themes i'm not paid a great deal of attention to the score previously oh, okay. mm. um and then 
I think it was probably the last last episode when um, her grief explodes and she creates this version of Westview. And I think that's her theme now, is it? Which I, I can't sing it, so... There's a bit of music, which is really good. And then they also okay. played it a lot during okay. this episode, which was really good. And then all of the music when they, from when they've gone back to the house waiting for the hex to close over them. Mm. I mean, just that was like plucking my heartstrings out. Just, but, but, but well done. Not Musically, I'm slightly team. lost in that in that bit where they're kind of putting the kids to bed because I'm pretty sure there's an Ultravox video which is like putting the kids to bed as you wait for the apocalypse. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's probably like a nuclear war or something, but it is like tucking them up before the nuclear bomb goes off. And <laughs> I was really reminded of that by that scene. Probably not a callback to Ultravox, but you never know. <laughs> I'll I'll need to listen to it specifically. I had a really good conversation with uh, one of our friends and listeners, Josie Bentley, Mm -hmm. about the music, but particularly the use of that One Division beat tone. One Division. Yeah. That bit. Uh, A whole thing that it's a tritone, which is the tone of the devil. And the the myth has it that it was um, banned from being played because it was so atonal. It would would summon the devil so you couldn't play it in religious music and all of this sort of stuff. And it has whole interesting things that it's supposed... Part of the reason it makes us feel uneasy is that it doesn't resolve easily. It doesn't go to a secondary tune tone so well. So it makes you feel like... I need some sort of completion here, some sort of finish, uh, which never comes. And then the way they do it with Agatha all along is it has some of that and then it resolves. So you sort of Ah. trust that the Agatha resolves a whole thing. Uh, Very interesting. I'm wondering if they've integrated some of that tune, because presumably it's Christoph Beck who wrote this, integrated some of that tone into Wanda's tune. I'd be interested to find out. Yeah, I'm not good at I'm, I'm I'm sort of playing that bit in my head, but I can't. Mm. It's interesting as well. Some people were saying, and I kind of hear it, that the second credit sting uh, is the Doctor Strange theme, but played much more slowly. Oh, okay. I can just about hear it. Well, and it is it is channeling Doctor Strange in the spiritual thing with him studying partway through his film. So yeah. it's got that. As well, as well as Thanos. <laughs> that was what I thought of when it came into her sitting comfortably in her hut. Oh, I see that's, what you mean. Yeah. I thought, yeah. That's the end of Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grateful universe. Um, mm. Yeah. And also what I thought was interesting with that is that def- that obviously plus the Darkhold is I'm definitely thinking she's going to be the antagonist in Doctor Strange and not as there was talk before of her being mentored by him because she's already overtaken him because whenever he went to the astral plane he was either asleep or unconscious true true um and she is going about her day and and has the Scarlet Witch part of her studying Mm. and some hexagons do you see the hexagons no two hexagons behind her Mm. as she's reading interesting insert hexagon joke (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you should have one by now, Matthew. <laughs> it made me want to go and watch Doctor Strange again, which mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, we talked about what we liked about this, and, and I really do think it's that it's made me read a few comics that I haven't read in a while. It's made me want to watch some other films. It's made me want to watch Spider-Man again. You know, it's made me engage um, mm. and want to re-engage yeah. with things I don't like and think about spending six hours of my life watching films that I don't think I like and check <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> just appreciate the fact that it is a universe and that it could contain multitudes if it wanted to, and maybe it mm-hmm. does want to, which makes me excited about what's coming next. I think it does. I mean, with that Nexus advert, mm. all of that kind of stuff, and then whatever the hell's going to happen, Spider Man. The the whole advert thing I find really interesting because the adverts are for us, mm. the watcher, the viewer. They're not visible to anyone in the show, I don't think. No, um, Sword watched the Strucker one. Well, did Sword see them? Yeah, they saw the Strucker one, because that's why I was really surprised mm. that, that we didn't have Hydra up on the board. How do we know Sword saw them? We we literally see... Um, oh, Cat Dennis. Oh, it goes to it. commercial, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, the next thing wasn't explained what no. that is so presumably they'll deliver on that at some point i don't and think the, it wasn't the... mentioned at all was agatha didn't include it in any of our no. conversations no the, the word nexus is yeah. the only time the word nexus has been used is in civil war no age of ultron uh, about the, the thing in switzerland yeah yeah so and yo magic is yo magic an implication of is that agatha then i took can't being access agatha. and well hmm. is it, you know i i eat yo magic Mm. Yeah, the idea that she takes magic. That was mine. But she can't access it to sustain herself. And mm. Doctor Strange, I, I rate Doctor Strange very highly because it's kind of the epitome of not winning through the kickiest kick. Yeah. And it's got Tilda Swinton in it, so why would you not watch it again? No, it's good. <laughs> but also, we're going to have Mordor come back, aren't we? So he's going to have to fit into it somewhere. And he's probably not going to be very happy about her now being all-powerful. Which, if he doesn't like sorcerers. Mm, all dues are paid. Mm. God, that's going to have a cast, isn't it? That is going to be quite the cast. <laughs> wow. And I would not be surprised if we do see Catherine Hahn back. Because as mm. we've said, Marvel's very happy to be flexible when something has been popular. And she has yeah. been incredibly popular in that role. And it doesn't have to be a big part. No. I think I think I wish she'd been left at a place where she could be more of a mentor yes. directly. I I just she's such an interesting character. It's a great portrayal. I I'm a little bit sad. It was like and now we're going to lock you on Lian Yu. Basically, the thing they did in Arrow. This this season's villain gets put away, and maybe they'll escape for an episode next year. <laughs> but I do like the idea that she could go to visit her for information. Mm-hmm. I mean, if season two is just like a prisoner. Take. <laughs> <laughs> we get like one special episode. Actually, that would be an interesting way to go. So rather than it being sitcoms every episode, it's a sort of British TV mystery <laughs> series. So you've got a prisoner episode, and you've got a Tinker Tailor episode, and Agatha Raisin, and Agatha <laughs> trapped in paradise. And <laughs> you've got slightly overexcited by um, Trigger's broom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, no, I, I think I think if you think about it, there's a lot they could do. They could mm. at least do 10-minute internet specials. Come on. It's not going to cost you much. You can just make a background out of nothing now. Well, I, I don't understand why they don't do the one-shots anymore, because I thought they were great as little linking. Uh, not that we're going to need them this year, assuming the cinemas do open up, because I think we've got four films this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, when they've been a bit more spaced out, they were a great yeah. way of just sort of keeping... Mm-hmm. Interest ticking over in those characters. Uh, I think a half hour to an hour TV episode every week. That's going to be their way forward now. I'm quite interested in this. I think, I mean, we'll see what Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like. You know, 
not generally been my favourite area of, of the MCU. The I'm Captain really Marvel worried about that. <laughs> I'm worried about that and you because that appeared to me that feels like it's going to be an entire programme of the grey MCU that you don't like. <laughs> yeah, but they're quippy and they're like the odd couple and there's, okay. you know, it, it, I like fighty kick kick things, just okay, not cool, cool. entirely. I like taking the mantle, that's an interesting thing. Yep, so, yep. you know, it could be good. Um, speaking of what we're looking forward to, I think that Loki, they have a chance to do some really interesting mm-hmm. things in terms in terms of a TV show, the likes of which we can't guess. Mm. It's got Owen Wilson in it. Yeah, is he's it? not someone I yeah. uh, not That's... someone I would have expected in the MCU. Oh, he's like... in the credit sequence of something, isn't he? Yeah, he's in the um, he's trailer. in the trailer for it. Mm. Isn't he in the credit sequence of something? Is this a different? I film? don't think so. Well, not an MCU film. Someone goes to see him in prison. That's the trailer. Is that the trailer? He's he's in a lift with Loki. That's not a prison. Someone whose name I I can't remember. Loki might have his. He might be handcuffed or something. Hmm. I mean, with Loki, I'm thinking that we might see the Nexus again because this this is this time agents Mm. or something, isn't it? I think that I don't. They have some link potentially. If collecting the Nexus beings is the new Mind Stones, then maybe the Winter Soldier gets to be one. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Uh, mm. I mean, the thing is, it doesn't need to be a big part of the story. It could just be mentioned somewhere, you know, yeah, just some just hint the, towards it. We could all deliver go, on the oh! Yeah, yeah. Great. I'm here for that. Abby, we were talking stuff we liked. Yeah. Did you have anything you particularly liked on your list or on your notes? Paul Batney. Oh, you like Paul Bettany? I do, I do. Isn't it great? Oh. Isn't it great to come through the entire thing and just sort of have him be so consistently all the aspects of his acting excellence and general attractiveness and quality of performance <laughs> and all-round ability to troll people with an interview, which I just was so perfectly him. I just felt that he really... I didn't really expect him to be the leading superhero man. 20 years ago when I really liked him as these kind of terrifying or ludicrous characters I just I didn't expect to see him get a role like this, you don't expect to see someone be so good at being a robot with so many feelings And <laughs> you're saying like bringing every aspect of him, he got to do his sort of snarling, yeah. morally dubious thing because the sneer yeah. he had as white vision, he was just constantly like <laughs> kill the vision mm. yeah <laughs> this is great. It's got it. It's got it all. It's got the whole yeah. gauntlet of of things, um, and it's and it's not overdone. It was just really good. And you know, it's he's not stuck playing the British bad guy, which I mean, mm-hmm. he is wonderful at. And that that film with Harrison Ford, by the by, if you want to see him being the best British bad guy, that's my favourite. Paul Bettany. Um, what film is that? What is it? I watched it the other day again. It's um, it, it's got Harrison Ford. It's from like two thousand and four, something. Okay. He. Yeah, locks Harrison Ford in his house and tries to have financial fraud committed. It's brilliant. It's a great film. Oh, Firewall. Firewall is the film. Yes, I've seen it. It's yes, great. the way they solve it and track it at the end is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen on on a film. It's so not, I'm not going to give it away, but, but it's, it's worth it. so ridiculous. It's like an hour and a half, <laughs> and you'll come out all the better for it. It's you know, it's it's a daft film, but but it really knows its genre. Anyway, 
Paul Bettany did all the things. It was great. Everyone noticed that he is a good actor. And that was, I was hoping <laughs> that we weren't going to come out of this thinking, oh, I just wish it had been Robert Downey Jr. or, or something. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I was really worried, especially when people were just like, I don't think he's very funny. Or like, I don't, I don't like the way he did that. I was worried that it was going to not hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thoroughly trusted Elizabeth Olsen to hold up because she's good at this she stuff. She really did. Mm. <laughs> she really did. Yeah. She did. I yeah. mean, everything from, as you know, you were talking about Abby earlier episodes, the, the real subtleties and the way she changed the American woman through the, through the decades. Can we just take a moment for that? Because mm. watching it back, she really did, didn't she? She yeah. wasn't making up that that was what she was doing. No, Ooh. no, very nice. And then that and then through to, I mean, the level of emotion she had to go to. And I believed all of it. You know, it didn't feel like acting. It really felt mm. like you yeah, were really she was with her. through it. Yeah, completely, completely. So that's why the two of them together, I just, um, that and then the writing for those, those very pivotal mm. scenes, just um, lovely. I also want to um, call out Je- Deborah Jo Rupp's agent. Again. Yeah, right? Third right? billing. <laughs> Only work. after Olsen. Every, every week, even if she's not in it. I know, just built before Teona Barris and Randall and, Clark. And can I throw out, uh, you know, I love Deborah Jo Rupp. I loved her performance in that first episode where mm-hmm. she basically was being Foreman's mum in, in that 70s show. And and it just brought back so many memories and it was wonderful. She's not good in this last episode. Mm. Her bit of like, won't you let us die? A bit so, odd. so much. <laughs> I didn't I didn't buy the emotion of the scene at that point. I was But speaking of, of so buying the emotion of things, what's also great about um Elizabeth Olsen is the fly fly magic y stuff. Like she, you can feel the effort. You can feel what it would be like to have the wiggly woos coming out of your hands. <laughs> you know, you can, you really have that understanding. She, and she also has, still has this element that she doesn't quite know what is happening. Mm. She manages yeah. to to uh, what I I forgot what Pegs called it earlier, but um, you know where she does where she does the um, the mind control bibbly bibbly thing, mm-hmm. yeah. Where she goes and does that, and she knows what she's doing, and she does that thing that we've seen her do before, yeah, uh, with absolute confidence and absolute. We're going over here now, um, yeah, and and that's great. But then there are other times when she's doing things, and you you can't read the action scene and where it's going to go because mm-hmm. she's not giving it everything all of the time. Too often with who's got the kickiest kick, it's people just kind of giving it everything they've got, which yeah. gets yeah. boring. And these action scenes were not boring because there was more. And you've, like I said, I, I did not see the runes. I, I genuinely thought she was just like flinging, uh, missing. Mm. And well, she was just hanging okay. there. She was just knackered. Suspended. And Oof. yeah. And I think she's very good when she does the, um, the smaller finger stuff. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing actions. <laughs> Um, you know when she does uh, the finger stuff um, yeah. but I didn't buy the flying quite so much this time and I don't think she that's to do like with her Vito with the hands it's the same flying even though they use totally different magic to do it she flies like Magneto does I just I'm really into that yeah I think I've, when I've seen her flying with the hands before 
I don't think this is a Lizzie Olsen thing. I think it might be more to do with the CGI. I don't know. But this time it felt a bit... Mm. And then after supposedly she was drained of her magic, she's still hanging in the air. I was a bit confused mm-hmm. about that. The, the the CG reminds me very heavily of the sort of Harry Potter CG. It's very ragdoll. It's not quite the movie quality I think we're used to with Marvel. Yeah, yeah. it's cheaper. It, it, yeah, so... Which I didn't think it was bad. It's very likely. I didn't think it was bad. I just, no, obviously, you compare it to where we've seen it before. You can see when it flips the CG. Yeah. Mm. Are you saying Elizabeth Olsen can't actually fly with her hands because... I'm sorry. I'm saying she flies with her feet. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I get you. Her got, switch... Yeah, Laurie, you loved when the the, the Scarlet Witch aspect. Yeah. I loved when we got the Wanda aspect in the fight. The bit where she does the flourish with the hand, uh-huh. which is channeling a bit of Agnes yeah. and Agatha that we've seen. And then when she comes up behind her and does the wiggly woos into the eye brains thing. Eye brains thing. Because it is pulling us back to that her introduction in Age of Ultron. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going back to... And I, I love that. I love when it's... The the Spider Man thing, you strip everything away and what's left. Yeah. I I've just done a Buffy reference to Spider Man, but Spider Man it was if you don't have the suit, what are you? Yeah. Um I, I'm down with that. So the fact that one of the things that brings us to the ending is her using her a very original power. Mm. Great, here for it. And I loved her in Salem. That as a twist was really good and then Again, twisting it, you know, changing the power differential because what she thinks she's doing is not what's actually happening. And it's good. That was a really good delivery and, and um, you know, ending for that fight. What else have you liked about the whole thing? The whole thing? Mm. What have you got mm. out of WandaVision apart from this wonderful podcast? Oh, the podcast. And time with you two. Um... Oh, I feel like I'm on the spot. You are. <laughs> yes. I'm flicking through my notes. While you do that, we need to pull one out for Agent Franklin. Yeah. Well, I was ju- I was just about to say I loved the delivery of Agent Franklin, how he's been there all the way through and we just haven't noticed him like the clown in Joey and Chandler's apartment. Um, yeah. So did she kill him? Did, did it rewind and he just ends up outside the hex and they just didn't tell us? No, it feels like this... pulled out, and he's not. Yeah, it feels like a... well, but she rewound, so presumably she rewound him crawling and coming uh-huh. through the thing. But it feels like the sort of thing someone somewhere should have watched it and gone. We either need to not give him a name, or we need to just give a couple of seconds of showing him coming out before he goes in. Done. Yeah. I almost expected at the end of the end of the credits. This <laughs> <laughs> poor guy still crawling around the sewer. <laughs> Just like bees flying around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm covered in bees. If we'd finished on a covered in bees joke, you wouldn't have been able to use the internet at all. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been quite special. But um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I sort of hope that it's the kind of thing they pick up on. And do you think that they will kind of file away some of the responses and thoughts? I mean, I, I always wonder with these things, you know. They say great authors shouldn't read their fan fiction in case you will inevitably write something that is similar to, but not quite as good as something that someone's already written about your books. Mm. Um, and I always wonder with Marvel, like, like, how do you manage when everyone has imagined everything that can possibly happen? I, I have saw a really interesting thing from Constar24 on uh, Twitter. Um, so so uh, Connie, who writes for various sites and does lots of really interesting stuff about pop culture. 
she talked about how she stopped doing this intense analysis after I think a particular season or a particular run on Doctor Who where I want to say it was Stephen Moffat but it could have been Russell T Davies was basically trying to outthink the fans at every point so he was having to take some really hard tangential turns to do stuff no one expected and it was like no sometimes you can deliver on what we've picked up Mm. and and make us feel good about it you don't always have to be trumping us I think the problem is it works when it's a Sherlock and it's a 19 minute episode and no it doesn't it's just it ends up being quite clever in the end (laughs) no it doesn't no, it doesn't. Okay. But, <laughs> it does. but, by, but by comparison, it doesn't work when it's outside of that, when you have breaks between it for people to discuss and share their ideas. If it's just by the end of the movie, oh, I didn't see that coming. That's okay. When it's, I saw it coming and then you did something ridiculous, so I didn't see that coming. Yeah. That doesn't work as well. So and I, I'm not sure they tried exactly that here, but I think they just thought, oh, we'll, we'll lay down lots of things and Norm will see which one is going to be right or not. And we've gone... But that other one you did was really interesting. I liked the fact it was an, uh, it was a Fox X-Men dude, you know. All, all we need is for them to be like in the middle of something and then someone comes and gives someone a pen and it's like, thank you, Agent Franklin. And like, that will be fine. Yeah. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, people would cheer in the cinema and all sorts. would be great. Have the beekeeper at the circus sequence, you know. Just... Right. This is it's going to be a cosplay, isn't it? There'll be a lot of beekeepers at superhero conventions. <laughs> it's going to, that's that's going to be your obscure one division costume. No, I think because of the popularity of this, yes, I think we're going to get lots of references written in, in different places. Mm. And as I said, I, I do think, you know, I think it, they've set up a lot still um, for the future. You know, with the Nexus, with the Darkhold, um, with White Vision the aerospace engineer, which is definitely going to pay off. Um, and yet it didn't feel like a, what's one of like, well, Ultron that does try and set up too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel, it, I, I was excited by the idea that these things might still come to pass as opposed to yeah, feeling that it pulled away from the story. Um, mm. Seeing that, because uh, seeing that second credit scene because i had not realized there was one until someone mentioned it on twitter um yeah really excited to see that and where she goes next Mm. so i mean you know i've said house of m like a dozen times on the way through Mm -hmm. this and i never got to say it well you know now wanda's lost her children Mm. and that's a gateway to house of m if you wanted it so I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming the sound of her children is going to be like bait. <laughs> Potentially. That's is, what is I'm it... expecting. Do we think it's real? No, I think it's bait. Uh, I think it could be both. Where do you think the children are? Who? How? Mephisto's got them. Mm. <laughs> I'm now going to spend another two years talking about bloody Mephisto. I don't think the children exist. We we didn't we didn't uh. see what happened to them. We didn't see them. I see you mean. Yeah, but we saw them crumbling earlier when the hex was coming down. Yeah, but then they went back and got tucked in. And if if they were still tucked in by the end of that, we'd have seen them fall onto the foundations of the house <laughs> in a sort of Looney Tunes kind of. If someone like jumped in through the window and stole them. Or if they ran yep. away. I mean, he's got super speed. You know, your finger comes off and you just grab your brother and go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, obviously they are in some way part of the future. 
But the thing is, if they are bait, that means there's someone else out there as well. And so that it isn't just Wanda being the antagonist trying to find them. You know, that she's pulling things apart by trying to find them. There is also someone else, probably mm-hmm. Mephisto. Um, so, <laughs> but I, I just, I, I love the broader universe. I love the interconnected mm-hmm. interconnectivity. I love that I'm rewarded for paying attention, mm-hmm. um, all of that kind of stuff. And so, if they were doing a test run for, did you want your X Men to get mixed up in this? I think the solid answer from the internet is yes, please get on with it. Mm. Yeah, you know, if it's a test run for, should we stay in lane? No, mix it up. Bring Baby Yoda while you're at it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and and for doing, you know, at the very beginning, we said that. Even if it doesn't quite work out, which I still think it has, this we're just really pleased to see them doing something different, and I think they've done something very different. And yes, it, it in the end kind of turned into something quite similar to, or elements of it turned into something quite similar mm. to, you know, Marvel's gonna marvel. <laughs> looking looking back, watching back through episode four really does work as a Marvel's gonna marvel. As, as a... But I love your take on that, that that's potentially also a, um, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode that we were seeing as part of the whole TV homage. And by separating out the Marvel aspect of it, it allowed them to do three episodes that were just pure sitcom. Mm. And, and deliver that thing that you loved so much. And then they were like, but also we do have to have some of the wider story in here. Mm. So let's just have an episode on the wider story. And then let's start integrating them. I think, if anything, I could have actually done with some more sitcom, which I know <laughs> sounds ridiculous given where I was. But, you know, looking back, or even that the sitcom bits, that they stuck with sitcom bits, you know, we talked before about the Malcolm in the Middle, they kind of did at the beginning and then dropped it. Kind of mm-hmm. forgot about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they could have made the sitcom bits a bit more sitcom as t- the one, the later ones. Yeah. I, I, I wish this last episode just had, even if it's in the background, some aspect of a really modern sitcom going on. Just a little on. bit of Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the background. Just, yeah, some <laughs> some sort of story from something. Andy Samberg turns up. Yeah. If Monica had just got super quippy and solved something <laughs> quickly, that would have been great. <laughs> it, it's just dropped and now we're in modern times, but we're inside the hex and the hex is now basically a wall. Mm. 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 And you know, Darcy, one line. Well, yeah. and uh, really quickly, then Hayward. Uh. I don't understand why he shoots the children. I don't understand why he's doing half the things he does. I don't understand why he's reversing. I don't understand why he's reversing away unless he's going to go forward again. Yes, he's going to go forward and try and run the them over. And they've got well, super but, speed. You never quite. See, yeah, exactly. It's it just that the doesn't plot work at that stage. And then I don't understand why he's going to prison. Yeah. Because Jimmy got his mates to come within the hour. He's running a government agency, which is presumably funded setting up Vision to use Vision for things. So There was the conversation with Jimmy when he explained it all. And now I'm confused. Well, he did a whole thing of, if we kill that Vision, this is the only Vision that still exists, so but it's He said fine. there's no proof, and everyone will just assume that the Vision left yeah. standing is the Vision. But it's still, Wanda is holding people hostage against their will. Okay, this and made perfect sense a, to me before, and now doesn't. He's he's trying to find a way to stop it. Like I'm not I'm not supporting the villain who was the main white guy in this whole thing, um, <laughs> except for White Daddy, obviously. <laughs> but again, it didn't quite hang together 
uh, as a thing. It was just like, oh yes, he's the villain, and now we've stopped the villain. It was it was a bit like um, like at the end of Scooby Doo or something. It's like they cut them off into a map, <laughs> yeah, and that's yes, I mean, and send them to the next yeah, fun bear down the road. I guess you know. <laughs> There were a lot of things like that where you could have them work as a nod to television, but you just have to mm. signpost it a little bit more, which we know they can do. And I, I don't know, I, it yeah. almost felt as if in the scripts and everything, there was the potential for this. But as they were making it, they were a bit like, ah, pull it back. And, and mm. when you look at you know how we found the things in episode four that don't happen until or we don't see until episode five or, or whatever, they've obviously chopped it around a bit. And and I do think that there has been a slight lack of confidence in the presentation of this. And I guess you'd sort mm. of like to see what they could do unleashed <laughs> without worrying about it, without trying to get the audience to do this, that and the other. And I understand mm. marketing is marketing. This is a subscription TV service. Which in a in a world full of cinematic films, maybe you don't need. Um, as as a Marvel fan, mm -hmm. you know, this is an optional extra. Turns out this is like, you know, shortly after Walls and Food, and you know, <laughs> in terms of having something interesting to talk about. Um, mm. But but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi, Disney Plus, food and shelter. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's um, it's it's interesting in the sense that they there is definitely another show in here, and I wonder as they moved it around if it changed much, and where the changes were. Like mm. I'd, I'd just like to know what the first plan was. Yeah, I'm looking forward to now some of the interviews. So I think Vanity Fair, their um podcast that's been following this, they're interviewing Jack Schaefer. Oh, what's her name? Schaefer and Matt. Mm, okay. That will be, be interesting. interesting. The director that I can't think of his name. Matt Shackman. Shackman, yeah. And uh, and so I want to see more of the now, and death of the author and all that kind of stuff. But I am curious as to what they what bits were meant mm. to be something and what bits mm -hmm. weren't meant to be something. You know that kind of thing. Um, so I'm quite interested now for the the deconstruction. Yeah, I like I like to know what the intention was. I like to know what the the, the pitch. Yeah. What was the pitch? What was the you know where where mm. were you mm. happiest with this? Did you originally want to do seven sitcom episodes or six sitcom episodes? And, you know, what what happened? How much did you have to pull it back? How much did you have to add in to set up more cinema? You know, you've got kind of Captain Marvel mm. 2 coming out of this. You've got all sorts of things potentially coming out of this. Um, how much did you have to add? How many, how many random characters did you have to bring in? How much did Deborah Jo Rock cost? <laughs> So many questions. Um, so many questions. But I guess on that note, do we do we have anything we want to say before we sign off from Marvelous WandaVision? One thing to note, and and a question for the two of you then. So that uh, there was an interesting video that I'm just going to throw out that someone had put the end of Endgame. Uh, I'm assuming, like, if I talk about the end of Endgame. No one's going to go, oh, I haven't seen Endgame. Spoiler warning for Endgame. But just in case, I'm about to talk about the end of Endgame. Someone put the video of Iron Man tussling with Thanos and then doing the snap next to Wanda blasting at Agnes, Agatha, and Agatha then trying to use her powers on her. And they line up really nicely with the snap not working and the powers not working. Ah. And then both of them standing there 
and revealing that their hands are actually as pow- more powerful than you thought they were. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it's intentional. Is it just the rhythm of? But the it lines up really well. Yeah, it lines up really well. That sort of reveal with a hand Is turn. Is it possible that the like the, the power's not working, or the fight designer, or I don't know what that job could be? But yeah, just armorer, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, so when she, when Wanda's showing her hand there, that actually does make mm-hmm. me think of something. So obviously, once she'd got the runes up, um, Agatha's magic wasn't going to work. But we saw her going all sort of grey and skeletal. Mm. Um, was that her using her perception bending powers? Illusion magic, yeah. Yeah, I it think was. So. Okay. Mm. And you're now making me wonder, did they cut the video so they'd line up better? Maybe. Um, question for you. So we talked way back, way back when on episode one about our thoughts on the show mm-hmm. and what we're looking forward to and what, what we were feeling about it at that time. I was really worried that anything we come up with was going to be better than the denouement that we got. And I think, I don't think that's true. I think I'm just annoyed at the red herrings. I think without the red herrings, I would have been focused on enjoying the show more mm-hmm. for what it was than speculating on other things. Abby, you wished you had more of the sitcom and less, you know, you didn't want the MCU as it went on. You just wanted the sitcom. So do you think that landed? And Laura, you didn't enjoy it at first because you found the sitcom a bit strange and you were mm. not totally into it. Do you think where it ended up delivered for you as well? I, especially given the total lack of payoff for Jimmy and Darcy, um, I, I really, and Hayward, I really could have done without all of that. And I think they took time that we didn't need to tell us things that didn't help. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I think I was right. Um, the only thing is I, I wish that we had had much, much more Monica and Monica in the sitcom and, and Monica kind of mm-hmm. having her origin within someone else's power would be so interesting. And I just, I wanted more for her and I, I wanted her to have her own meaning in someone else's story, essentially, rather than being the sideline. So... So, yeah, I, I was right. <laughs> yeah, Mon- Monica's the one I'm feeling really harsh for. And, and I've seen a number of people, obviously, particularly people Absolutely. of colour, talking about this thing of suddenly having black people being bullet shields for white I people. Was... And it's a thing Marvel's done elsewhere. And, and it's not just... even a meaningful bullet shield. <laughs> yeah. It just, was odd. I, I, wish, I wish they'd given them. I know mm. we said all this earlier. I just, I just don't want to go without that point. Mm. That's a real shame. She could have done literally anything else. So many other things. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Echo would have liked seeing a lot more of Monica. And, but I'm delighted we are going to be seeing more of yes. Monica. Yeah. And I hope she gets a really decent part in um, Captain Marvel 2. Oh, okay. I don't think we'll see her in Captain Marvel 2. Well, I'm not sure we'll see her in Captain Marvel 2. I she's think we'll cast. see her in the in this Secret Invasion series. I think she's cast. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I, I didn't know that. I might I assumed... be making that up. It was leading to the Secret Invasion series with Sam Jackson. I think that will, but I think... Is that before or after Captain Marvel mm-hmm. 2? But I, I think she is in yeah. Captain I think, Marvel. I think okay. she'll potentially okay. be in both yeah. of them. I think yeah, she'll be in both of them. Okay, fine. Um, because if you think about it, she potentially was just out of shot when we had the post credit scene um, with the Spider-Man, Far From Home, because that happens after this, and Nick mm-hmm. Fury's up on mm. the spaceship, space station thing, isn't he? Mm. Um, but yeah, I said at the beginning that I really 
I liked slash appreciated what they were doing, but I didn't love it. It didn't it didn't hold me. But that mm-hmm. I thought I would change my mind, and I've changed my mind, oh, and um, I. I need a bit of distance from it and I don't do a full MCU ranking because there's too many that's sort of the same level as each other and what have you. But this is definitely going to be towards the top. Hmm. I think with time um, and a bit of distance at the moment, it's definitely very near the top and I think it will stay there even with a bit of, bit of stepping back. I love the character of Wanda. I loved Vision as well. Um, but Wanda and what she's now becoming, I think is very interesting. And that complexity mm. that we've got, mm. you know, with her, you know, she says she doesn't understand her power, but she's at least she now accepts mm-hmm. it um, as being part of her. So, uh, yeah, I and everything they did with with as we talked about the small character moments and and I love the mystery box. And I said the red herrings, the vast majority of them didn't bother me. Um, and the ones that they did, I don't think they're going to make that um, boner mistake again, yeah. both in such no. a completely atonal joke yeah. but also not reading how excited Marvel fans mm-hmm. can get by mm-hmm. certain things. Yeah, it really does feel like this show has delivered on the promise of Wanda since Age of Ultron, which they've never quite delivered. They've never quite known how to deliver on it. Yeah, It finally feels like we're there and, and you can see in a film a series, some more time her arc through the MCU is going to be really interesting. Actually. Yeah, I, I think, mm. I don't know if it's official sources, but they've said that basically Phase 4 is going to be very Wanda. Cool. Okay. Good start. Mm-hmm. Good start. Can't wait to see what's next. Mm-hmm. On which note, I guess that's that's that for Marvellous WandaVision, but uh, I think one way or another, we'll be back. Marvellous. You can find us in the meantime... <laughs> On the internet, I'm at this AE Shaw on Twitter. Matthew? I'm Matthew Vose, and I'm on Twitter at Matthew Vose. Laura? And I am at Laura Geeks Out, but also we're on uh, at Eloquent Gushing, and uh, oh, yeah. podcast at eloquentgushing.com. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! But yeah, watch this space. Uh, new exciting things happening on Disney Plus for Marvel, and new exciting things happening on Marvelous. 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 Flourish! Mm-hmm.